And welcome to episode 104, 104 damn episodes of McChesney Unchained, coming to you from the bar and studio down here at DNVR off of Colfax. Get your ass down here and support the Nuggets and the Avs, Colorado Buffaloes, and of course the CSU Sheep up north as they run for the tournament. <clears throat> the, the game was popping the other night and I saw Ryan up on the roof dusting off the, 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 uh, the satellite so you know that they... They give a shit down here. They care if you can watch the game or not. So get your butt down to DNVR and support. Uh, this is episode 104, and it's uh, it's a good one. There's no doubt about that. We've got future Hall of Famer Alan Fanica on the show later, the class of 2021 Hall of Fame inductee from the Steelers and my time with the Jets. We were teammates up there, and Alan is a great vet, and he's been on the show a couple of times. He comes back on to talk about the Hall of Fame and Tom Brady and the Super Bowl and a lot of other things, and he has a message for all you young guys out there. Uh, at the end of his interview, so definitely tune into that later in the show. Uh, we've got a, a little bit of a new thing, Stories with Six Zero, and I'll tell you about some of the hilarity that I've experienced in my life and also some trauma, but it's all funny in the long run. Depends on how you look at it, of course. And then we'll be ranting today about disrespect and this generation and turning 17 to 18 years old and understanding that me telling you to be quiet and then slapping you in the mouth are two different things. And if I could give Cam Newton a little bit of advice, it would be just that. So that'll be the rant later in the day. Uh, but <clears throat> let's get into this episode 104 and we'll start it off with stories with six zero. So let's just be real here. Okay. I've got two stories from the gym. All right. The first one, I'm not going to name the kid's name, but there's a 5 PM workout. Okay. Sitting there in the gym, getting ready for the workouts. About 4.50, I get a text. Ding, ding. Hey, uh, coach, I can't make it today. Okay, that's not the first time that happened, of course, but high school kids have smartphones, but they don't use their calendars, which lets me know that you're not adulting yet. Um, so I'm like, okay, so when are you coming back, bud? What do you want to do? And he's like, well, my girlfriend's dog just died, and, uh, and uh, we're going to have a service for it this afternoon. So immediately in my head, I'm like, this fat bastard snuffed his girlfriend's Pomeranian out on the bed next to him so he didn't have to come do push-ups. So just think about 6'5", 300-pound fat offensive lineman in high school doesn't want to come to the gym because I'm trying to make him an athletic offensive lineman instead of a fat one. He doesn't like that. And then he looks at his girlfriend's Pomeranian. He's like, uh, yeah, I'll sacrifice this one. Snuffs the dog out with a pillow and then goes, hey, babe! Pomeranian's dead. We need to bury it. Hey, coach, I can't come in. So, yeah, we roasted his ass about that for, uh, we're still doing it. We still roast him about it every time we see him. So that was fun. Uh, just come up with a better excuse next time. And then <laughs> the next one I want to talk about is, uh, so, look, I'm not going to use any names here, but everybody knows what I'm talking about at the, at the facility down there. And if you don't and you don't think this is funny, then... You suck. I mean, I can't take you to a comedy club. That's for damn sure. Don't watch Bill Burr or Jim Jeffries' influences. So I'm sitting in the gym, and uh, we signed these two kids up one night. And, you know, they're, they're, both of them have hearing issues. Like, they're both deaf in one ear. So they together, the twins have two ears. And <laughs> we get them in the room. We sign them up for a year. And I'm like, look, tomorrow morning's session is going to be ruthless. Everybody in it has problems. Like... They couldn't finish or they didn't show up, and I'm going to be on their ass tomorrow. So the dad's like, yeah, th that's cool. We want them in the group. And remember, you got to yell at them really loud to get their attention. And I'm like, well, shit, that's my bag. So I uh, get them in the group the next day, and I'm like, let's go, boys. Get your shit together. Except it's not, his, uh, it's not the dad that shows up. 
he obviously went on a bender that night or something. They couldn't find him or whatever. And uh, the mom shows up. <laughs> And she gets so pissed off at me for yelling at her kid. She's like, how dare you yell at them? And I'm like, your husband told me they were deaf. And to yell at them, what are you talking about? And she freaked out, bro. Freaked out. And I was like, wow, these people are absolutely batshit crazy. And then I refunded their money and kicked them the fuck out. So that stories with Six Zero. Check out at Six Zero Academy on Twitter and Instagram and SixZeroStrength.com. And get your ass down in the new facility. And remember, it's not for the timid or the weak. So if you're looking for a little bit of a back rub and, you know, some... Some compliments. You got to earn those. I don't even get back rubs, so you definitely got to earn that shit. Episode 104 rolls here. McChesney Unchained. We are coming to you from the Barnes Studio down here in DMVR. Check it out at DNVR underscore sports on Twitter and IG. And let's get into this as we go. Remember, Alan Fanica joins us later on the show. Uh, 2021 Hall of Fame inductee and multiple-time All-Pro and Pro Bowler and just an overall bad-ass MFer, no doubt about it. So... Thank you to Fanica. All right. One, um, the Silversmith people getting mad at Tom Brady for throwing the trophy. I mean, you're lucky Gronk didn't show up and hit you with it at this point. Shut the fuck up. Like, dude, just because you have a platform to complain doesn't mean you get to. Be quiet. You invented the trophy. You're loaded. Shut up. If he wants to throw it, they might as well rename the shit the Tom Brady trophy. He's got seven of them. Shh. Be quiet. Silversmith, quiet. Make the trophy. Shut the fuck up. <clears throat> All right, so uh, I also, last week we didn't get to sh- do a show, but I just wanted to say to everybody out there on Valentine's Day, okay, everybody out there on Hallmark Day, look, I've been married for 12 years. I understand that my anniversary is before the day before Valentine's Day, and I kind of did that on purpose. Um, I, look, I'm just saying Valentine's Day is the most Hallmark bullshit I've ever seen. And all, all the, like, making out and Michael B. Jordan, bro, what are you doing to men? Dog, no one can replicate what you did for your girlfriend that's probably slept with, like, half of Hollywood. Come on, dog. I mean, you're not making it easy for us. You're supposed to be the killmonger and shit out there making love on Instagram for, like, 100 Gs. Smug bastard. You're not making it any easier on anybody else out there. The Bachelorette and the Bachelor are making it impossible so I'm just saying, this Hallmark bullshit Valentine's Day, that could go away real quick, and I'd be real happy about it. I'm sure my wife loves to hear that one. <clears throat> um, as we roll here on episode 104, the Denver Broncos and this ring around the rosy with the quarterback situation, I really hope that it's motivating Drew Locke and not discouraging Drew Locke. Because there's a strong possibility nothing happens, and we could get a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I actually think Fitz can play. Uh, Fitzy and I were rookies together when I was with the Rams before they cut me for having West Nile virus in the hospital by letter. Bastards. Um, but Fitz is a pro. I mean, he's been around forever. It's not like he's going to get intimidating playing in a stadium considering he started for half the teams in the NFL already. Um, if he plays for the Dolphins all year last year, they make the playoffs. They might win the division. Uh, I would think that Fitzpatrick would take Locke's job the minute he signed here because Drew would think he'll take his job. Um, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping that Drew understands the importance of confidence at this position and is really taking advantage of an offseason where he dictates the tempo. It's not dictated by a strength coach. So 
I mean, I I understand that he may not be posting anything, but I'm not seeing anything or hearing anything, and that's usually a good thing. It means the guys at work. So I'm hoping and praying that Drew Locke is motivated by this because it's not as if he doesn't have raw talent, and he does. It's just a matter of being able to read protections, being able to or, or front so he can adjust the protection, which he struggled with immensely this year. We talked about it on the turning point a ton. Speaking of the turning point, we're going to be doing a little bit of a glossary for everybody so you have a little bit of a better understanding of what we're talking about from personnel groupings and fronts and adjustments. We'll have that out for you later today. Uh, thanks to Allie and Adam for all their hard work on that. But it, Drew has all the potential in the world to be a great player. He's got to be supported better. They need to run the ball more. They need to throw the ball out of the backfield to the backs more. It, Pat Schumer's offense can be successful if Pat Schumer stops running three wide constantly. I wish we had a real fullback. It's not surprising that we traded Janovich to Cleveland and they're the number one run team in football. That guy's, you know, the communist hammer. Damn dirty Nebraska Cornhusker. But he's really good. Um, I, I just, I, I'd like to see what Drew Locke looks like with a healthy defense and a, a 60% run game and controlling the time of possession and then we can take our shots and have them go like 19 for 26 or something for 220 and three touchdowns all in the red zone. I'd be cool with that shit. Um, so I don't see how that is a bad recipe. I think that Drew Locke could be Ryan Tannehill in five minutes if he was supported correctly. I think Tannehill is supported correctly in Tennessee. I mean, they didn't win the Super Bowl or anything, but they're back-to-back -back playoffs. So, again, uh, the, the health of the defense and then this. The Von Miller situation is very interesting to me. First, everyone, understand this. <clears throat> and I'm going to say this as bluntly as possible. It's not your money. So what do you care? And if he's actually worried about $18 million at this point in his career, he needs to fire his financial advisor immediately, 100%. It should be about legacy for Vaughn right now. I think he's a Hall of Famer, not a first ballot. Just he's not. He's got to get up in the top five, top ten of sacks all time, and he's not there. And, you know, Kevin Green's sitting at third at 160. So Vaughn has, what, 103? That's 57 short of third. So if he's going to go 12 sacks a year, do the math. I'm not going to do that shit. I got a calculator on my phone, just saying. So I, I love Vaughn. I think he's a great player. Is he in my top five pass rushers of all time? No, he's not. He's just not. He's not there yet. Is he a dominant player when he is healthy and he has support? Yes, 100%. Do I hate him in Vic Fangio's scheme more than maybe anything on earth? They don't look for one-on-ones with Vaughn. They don't move him around. He's always in the same position. He's never a spinner. They're never in 5-0, like in a bare front where there's five defensive linemen on the field, so he's guaranteed a one-on-one. -on -one. It's very, very rare. They're always playing cover two behind him or some sort of robber shell where they don't want to get beat deep, and they still do. <laughs> you know, it's I, I just this sit back and wait and attack defense is cool. It's cool, I guess. Uh, it was cool in Chicago for a year um, with Trubiscuits. I, I, man, I, the, the Bears' defense is still good without him, so – Again, everybody knows how I feel about Fangio. I, I don't think he'll be the coach here for very long. And to be completely honest with you, that's a good thing in my opinion. So, unfortunately, I think that Drew Locke's future is tied to the success next year. And I think we're going to get a lot of the same, unfortunately. And 
to be honest with you, uh, Casey's gone. There's no way they're resigning him to that cap number. Von Miller needs to re restructure his deal, or when he gets cut, guess what he's going to do anyway? He's going to restructure his deal. No one's going to give him $18 million. And if they do give him $18 million, it's out of contender, and he'll have a one- or two-year deal, and maybe that's what he wants. So be careful that he doesn't get released and end up in Kansas City or Tampa. Because if I'm the Buccaneers, I am throwing every cent I got at every good player out there. I'm going to get J.J. Watt. I'm going to get this guy, that guy, anybody. Who cares? Who gives Who gives a shit? What, in four years from now, they go 4-12? and 12 After they win three Super Bowls with Tom Brady, he runs off holding his nuts? Like, nine, nine deep, bitch. <laughs> Eat that, Bill. I'm going to go hang out with Giselle on my boat or yacht or whatever he bought. Uh, and by the way, if Tom Brady can't get drunk one day after seven Super Bowl wins and all you fucking hypocrites out there are going to like judge him you're either drunk or high or on something so stop being a fucking hypocrite and let the guy have some fun you smug bastards okay so Vaughn um I would cut him you're not going to trade him everybody knows he's going to get cut I would cut him or I would set it up and restructure his deal for a million dollars a sack you want 18 million I need 18 sacks and if he's like, no, I can't do that, be like, well, obviously you don't think you can get 18 sacks. Cut, cut, snip, snip, later. Thanks. NFL means not for long. And everybody out there that'll burn your Von Miller jersey, you're just an idiot that just wasted 80 bucks on a jersey you burnt just so you can say you love the guy, but eh, fuck him. He went to Kansas City. They cut him, dog. It's business. It's not your money. You didn't pay him anything. You just watch. Just watch. I'll watch. So. That is what it is. I'd like to think that Vaughn's smart enough to understand that legacy is bigger than uh, money at this point, and there's no way he needs it. So we'll see. Um, after that, man, the, the Broncos are kind of in a holding pattern until they figure out what's going on with the free agents' quarterbacks and trades. And I'd like to think that if Pat Sertain is there at nine, they take him because I think he's going to be a 10, 12-year pro and a really good football player just like his daddy was. Um but, again, if they go with the linebacker from Penn State, he's an every-down player apparently, and that's cool. I, I just – there's a lot of holes, and I'd like to think that guys coming back from injury will help fill them. But then it's going to be on the coaches to actually institute a game plan that fits the personnel. And I, I don't – I'm not saying they don't have the personnel to go 3-4 wide all the time. They do. They do. But if you're 3-4 wide all the time, eventually you're going to have to hammer the rock too – and I just want to see them run the ball more to get the safeties to walk up a little bit more and make it easier for Drew rather than hampering him with every play that needs to be made down 20. That's all I'm saying. So, <clears throat> all you people out there who, who like the Colorado Buffaloes, I will have a ton of information on them leading into next week's show, episode 105. Uh, I go up and meet with the entire staff on Friday about college football recruiting and Guys next year who are, who are you know, pros for the combine, yada, yada, yada. I'll be up there meeting with Coach Wilson, Carl Durrell, and the entire staff. So that'll be good. Uh, so I'll give you some updates on see you next week. Uh, here on episode 104 now, I, I want to bring in uh, 2021 Hall of Fame inductee Alan Fanica. And Alan has been, you know, a great pro for a long time. But when I was in New York, he's a guy that really helped me a ton. He taught me how to skip pole and taught me how to play with my independent hands and drive off the inside of my foot. And a lot of the things that I teach and institute today uh, to, to the guys down at 6-0, I, I learned from 66. So 
It is my honor and pleasure to bring on 2021 Hall of Fame inductee, uh, multiple-time All-Pro, multiple Pro Bowler, Hall or uh, Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and an all-time great New York Jet uh, from LSU. Mr. Alan Fanica joins us here on episode 104. And here on episode 104, McChesney Unchained from the DNBR studio and bar down here off of Colfax. It is my honor and pleasure to bring on my ex-teammate and 2021 Hall of Fame inductee, Alan Fanica. Alan, welcome back to the show. Uh, how the hell are you, man? It's been a good two weeks. I'm doing good. Yeah, I bet it has been. Um, all right. So first of all, I played with Alan when, when he uh, signed with the Jets back in the day. And, and you know, he went on that run with Rex Ryan. And he's obviously a great Pittsburgh Steeler in their ring of fame and going into the hall. I'm sure you're going to the hall as a Steeler, then a Jet, if I had to guess. Um, talk about just the the LSU Alan Fanica. I, I just I put a kid into, into LSU last year named Cole Taylor. He loves it down there. And I was thinking about him the other day when when you got your call, just like, you know, Cole's 19 years old down at LSU. I wonder what Alan was thinking when he was 19 at LSU. Could you foresee this? Down, I, know, I know you wanted it, but did you foresee it? No, no, no way, no way. You know, I think, uh, you know, when I got to college, everybody's like, oh, I'm going pro, I'm going pro. And uh, I was like, man, really? And he said, man, that's a lot of guys around here going pro, man. It's like uh, – I didn't. Uh, I didn't think uh, everybody should be so uh, optimistic, and uh, so I definitely was like, "Man, I got to put my head down and get to work," um, and just started working. And you know, I had a good laugh with my O line coach uh, uh, after we talked after uh, the announcement was made. Um, I remember the meeting. I hadn't thought about it in a, in a really long time, but uh, I think it was maybe my red shirt sophomore year, and uh, or maybe yeah, something like that. After I'd been there for about two years, right. So we have a meeting and, and he, we set down some, he set, he set down some goals and it was, you know, uh, all SEC, all, uh, all, uh, all American, you know, first round draft pick, all pro HOF, you know, and 19, 19 year old Allen was like, Oh, I'm going with, I'm going with you, going with you, going with you. And I'm like, HOF, HOF, wait, whoa, coach, what's HOF? I, I knew the Hall of Fame was, but I did HOF just didn't catch me right away. You know, as much as you're thinking about like maybe being an All American or All SEC. Um, so uh, he got a good laugh about reminding me about that, and uh, you know the fact that I didn't know what it was at the time, or at least the uh, the, initial, the initials. And uh, here I am uh, walking in. Uh, you've obviously played with some greats. Uh, you know, blocking for the bus for as many years as you did back in the day in Pittsburgh. Just talk about your Steeler days. Because you were on some just badass teams with some really, really good offensive lines. And I love the fact that you guys were so smash mouth. I think that my favorite clip ever is in the snow against the Bears at Heinz when you guys were playing and, and the bus ran over Erlacher. And I, I can't remember if you were at the point of attack or if you were the puller, but you crushed somebody on that play too. Just talk about your Steeler days a little bit and, and what it meant to you to, to play at that, you know, the, a place that had the steel curtain in their history. Yeah, man. You know, I'm I'm, I'm extremely lucky uh, to uh, to have gone there. Really, uh, out of out of, uh, out of college, and got drafted there. Um, uh, you know, their philosophy felt fell right in line with how I felt about playing football. Uh, Hard nosed, smash mouth, and you know, not every team or organization is like that and is dedicated, uh, especially back then, uh, with with doing it like they are. 
And uh, so that that was a blessing uh, for me, I think, to come out of college and go to a, go to an offense that was built around that. And uh, then, you know, them them kind of tailoring the offense a little bit around my abilities of being able to pull and move in space. So uh, uh, that was just amazing, man. I love those guys, man, those teams, uh, uh, you know, hard fought. You know, everybody always wants to know about what's what's so good in Pittsburgh, you know, that they're they're generally in the hunt every single year. And, you know, the best answer I can come up with is, is the guys in the locker room. It's the guys they draft and the guys they bring in, the free agents. And it's a tight-knit group. And uh, when you get a tight-knit group, you know, maybe maybe you're just an eight-win team. But you know what? You're going to win two more games just because of that. And, you know, when you do that year in and year out, you know, that eight-win team is a ten-win. You know, that six-win team makes the playoffs. Uh, and that 10, 11, 12, you know, win team – turns into greatness and, uh, you know, is a first round uh, seed, uh, first, you know, first seed in the, the playoffs. So uh, just really blessed to have been there. Speaking with uh, future Hall of Famer here, 2021 class inductee, Alan Fanica, uh, a great Pittsburgh Steeler, great Jet. And that's the route we're going to take now. You, you spoke of free agency right there. When you got the chance to, to be a free agent late in your career, I know you re-signed with Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, no, your first no, contract was yeah, and then yeah. your second deal was with the Jets, and and I had just moved from defense to offense, and I remember just you diligently teaching me how to skip pull, and always talking to me about my my post hand and my my torque hand and my inside foot, and just I tried to absorb as much of that knowledge as I could, and I always talked to my guys down at six zero about good veterans, and you're one of the names I bring up a lot. You and and Kimo Von Ohoff, and I mean I know Kimo played defense, but Kimo helped me a ton. And I look back and both of those guys are Steelers with rings. And that's the culture that was brought to the Jets. And it's not surprising. I, I moved on in, in 08 in the middle of the year to Miami. But it's not surprising that you guys went on the run you did with Rex Ryan. Talk about your time with the Jets a little bit and, and just how cool it was to play for a guy like Rex and how, much, how different it was from the culture in Pittsburgh. Uh, different, but you know what? I think the group of guys, you know, they brought in a lot of new faces, uh, when I got there and things changed a little bit, um, that, uh, you know, I think, uh, we were a pretty hard nosed team. I think while we were there too, man, it went on, a, went on a good run. And, uh, you know, when Rex got there, he definitely, he definitely brought a little bit more of that man. Uh, you know, I just remember, uh, his speeches and, uh, those pregame speeches, uh, the night before were, uh, you know, classics. And, were they politically uh, if, uh, correct? None, none no. whatsoever, man. None whatsoever. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's one of the worst. It's one of the worst things. So I, I, I actually started recording them. I put my phone down on, on like record and just set it down, never to like publicize it or anything. But I was like, man, I got to record these. These things are just awesome. And you know, somehow some computer, it's it's sitting on some microchip and some computer in a closet somewhere. I can't find the damn things. Uh, but uh, they, they were things of beauty. And then you were like nine o'clock in a hotel room, and you're like ready to go to battle. And, uh, you're just uh, going to sleep, getting a snack and going to sleep. But they were great. Yeah, dreaming of kicking ass, and I think that was the point. Uh, <clears throat> so, Alan, you played. You had a great career. You play in Pittsburgh. You play in New York. You retire. You get the call. Um, talk about the moment they knocked. I saw the video, but talk about the moment he knocked on your door and just that feeling of I'm, one, I'm a 1% of 1% of 1%. I mean, that's like a, it's like a tenth of a 1%. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. Uh, 
you know, they were, they were, they were, they were keeping me around, keeping me occupied around the house before uh, David came and knocked on the door. And then, um, uh, as soon as he knocked, I knew it was, I knew it was them. You, you can't, uh, you can't miss, uh, David's knock, his big hand, big hand banging on the door. And, uh, so, uh, man, just excited. Just, uh, I, I was at a loss for words, really, man. I didn't know how to act. And, uh, uh, it, uh, I think it shows in the video, but, uh, you know, just excited, man. And you know what, even further on, you know, uh, understanding the, 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 the gravity of it, uh, was, uh, you know, we went down to Tampa and, uh, we went through a little bit of an orientation process. They, they sized us up for, uh, the, the, the bust and everything. And, uh, you, know, you sit down and you see that, that 10th of a percent you're talking about and they run down the numbers and kind of what it means to be in there. And, uh, you know, it just starts, it gets even more intense and more more impressive and leaves you even more speechless uh that uh you know you're in the room and you're one of those guys that they're talking about well i know this uh alan when when that call came in i know mangold and and meat and i was i was jumping through the roof i know rob turner was jumping through the roof i know brick was jumping through the roof everybody in that jets room that was there uh, especially when you walked in, it, it changed the culture in that room. And I was only there for about eight months, but it, it changed me moving on to Miami and then with the Broncos. So <clears throat> you, you brought up Tampa. Buccaneers just won the Super Bowl. I, I've been working with Ryan Jensen for about 12 years out of college, and he's a 66. You're a 66. I've, I've been working with Dalton Reisner a really long time since his days at Wiggins. He's a 66. What is it about that number that just breeds badass offensive line? And wasn't Gogan sixty six too? There's a lot of them, man. Yeah. There's a Kevin lot. Gogan was six six. Yep. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. It's uh, it's definitely something about it. Uh, I don't know, man. Guys, guys must just be gravita gravitating towards that number, man. You know, I, I got mine. Somebody asked me about that the other day. You know, I, I, my coach in high school gave it to me, and it just stuck. I said that was my. Uh, I was going to keep it forever. It just uh, felt good on me. So. Uh, you know, people size it up and put it on, man. It just must feel good. At six six, it also it carries a uh, a swag with it too. You you wear that, you better be pretty good. All right, so Tampa Bay, you're down there for the Super Bowl, doing the rounds as a as future Hall of Famer in the class of 2021. <laughs> How good is Tom Brady, bro? I mean, it, I always thought the standard was Jordan for six, and then Bill Russell at eleven, but it was back in the day when you know he was playing against guys who are 6'2", and then Wilt. But Jordan had six, never lost. Ten Super Bowls and seven titles and coming back next year and guys wanting to go there. I mean, could we be looking at eight Super Bowls? Uh, man, it's uh, – I mean, why not, right? I mean, why he's, not? He's, stre he's, he's stretched it uh, this far. You know, why not? Uh, you know, he's been able to do some great things, man. And, uh, you know, he's been on some great teams on top of that. And uh, – uh, you know, to be able to be in that one place in, in New England for so long uh, uh, and, and, you know, stretching his legs out and going out on his own here in Tampa. Um, but, you know, it, uh, it never helps, man. You, you're playing good ball and uh, he's playing good ball. And when guys want to be with you and guys are willing to, you know, maybe take a little bit less and, uh, you know, you create that 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 environment around you, uh, you know, all of a sudden you get a, a Leonard Fournette who's the uh, not really worried about it, and uh, just wants to come play ball for a Super Bowl, and uh, you know that that that, that does help a little bit. Um, but you know, Tom's done some great things, man, and uh, you know, no, I don't think anybody's gonna be able to catch uh, that string. Is it mind control at this point? I mean, do guys for walk him? in against Tom Brady and his team and go, 
man, we've got to play the GOAT today. I, I, I don't know. I think it might be a little mind control, bro. I think people are beat before they go on the field. Mm, maybe. I mean, it, it might happen to you guys. You never know, man. Love it. All right, Alan, last question. <clears throat> we just talked about 19-year-old Alan Fanica at LSU. All I, I, we put 40 guys out this year again at 6-0, a bunch into the SEC. Trey Zoom went to A&M, and Cole Kaler went to LSU last year. And we've got a lot of big dreams in that room. And they listen to this podcast. We had Kyle Turley on three weeks ago, and he was awesome and had a strong message for the youth on, on you know, what they should be focusing on. I don't know if you saw the video of Cam Newton at his football camp getting openly disrespected by a teenage kid, but it's pretty rampant these days with the IG and Twitter spear. And if it didn't happen on social media, it didn't happen. That's not really my point, but I would say this. What, what would you say to the youth these days about just what they want? Because like you said, everybody's going to the league that I talk to. <laughs> Isn't it right? You know, you yeah. know, if you're talking about guys that are, uh, you know, aspire to be in the NFL, man, uh, hone your craft, man. You, you never know enough right? You never know. I, I still don't know it all, right? I, I don't know it all. I'm, I'm coaching kids in high school and I'm still figuring things out, right? So uh, you never know it all, man. Never, never, never rest. Never leave a stone unturned. Uh, never think you don't need to go out and lift weights and work and train. Somebody's always trying to beat you. Somebody always wants your job. Um, you know, young guys going to college, man, you start looking around, you're like, oh man, I'm, you know, high in my class or whatever you could be, right? There's four years of guys waiting for you to walk through the door and you're challenging all those guys. And then you got four years behind you of guys that are freshmen that are coming after you in a couple of years. Uh, so you got eight years on both sides of you and everybody's playing for your job. So uh, your, your job is never done. The great Alan Fanica. Thank you so much for coming on the show, brother, and taking time out of your busy day. Hall of Fame inductee, class of 2021. Joining us here on McChesney Unchained, episode 104 here at DNBR, down here off of Colfax. Alan, thank you, brother. And congratulations from the bottom of my heart and everybody that, that was in that room in New York. I know that they feel the same way. I can't wait to see that speech, bro, and, uh, and it, it's going to be a good day. Appreciate it, brother. Later, bro. What an amazing interview with Alan Fanica. Uh, make sure you follow him on both social media platforms. It's not real hard to find him. Type in Alan Fanica. He's a he's a Hall of Famer, so I'm, you're not going to have a whole lot, whole heart, hell of a hard time finding that one. Uh, thank you to him, for, to Alan for coming on the show and taking time out of his busy schedule. Uh, I know he's got a lot going on, so he didn't have to do that, and he's done it multiple times, which should tell you all you need to know about AF. Uh, congratulations to you, brother. And I want to give a shout-out to the title sponsor here on McChesney Unchained, our good friends down at DraftKings. And it's not quite time for the madness of college football to start in March, but that doesn't mean that the fun has to wait. DraftKings Sportbook, America's top-rated sportbook app, is giving all new players a chance to cash $100. That's new customers can bet $1 on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. And if your team makes it, uh, the cash will rain $100. That's right. All it takes is one three-pointer being hit by your chosen team to turn $1 into $100. Sounds like a no-brainer to me. The slam dunk of the offer won't be around forever, so head to the App Store now, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and get in on all the action. If DraftKings isn't for you, DraftKings Sportsbook has daily odds on hockey, soccer, and so much more. If basketball's not your game, DraftKings has paid 
out over $7 billion to its customers since 2012, so they know how to, a thing or two about how to hit big paydays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNBR to get your shot to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. That's promo code DNVR for new customers to get a shot at 100 to 1 odds on any basketball team to hit a three-point shot. It only happens at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply, winnings paid out. In four $20 fee bets, see DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, so let's wrap up episode 104 talking to you about a little bit about uh, the youth. So this is the rant and get your mind right. Okay, so, look, you can have your opinion about Cam Newton all you want. Here's my opinion. First round draft pick, number one overall pick. He won the Heisman. He won a national title. He was an MVP in the NFL. Does he have restrictions in life? And, and like, is he, is he liable to throw the ball to the other team? Yeah. Is he at the end of his career? Yeah. All that's true. Uh, but he's also one hell of a player. And to be completely honest with you, he's – you've got to consider Cam in the same light, if not better, than Mike Vick. He's he's the number one leading quarterback rush, rusher for touchdowns in history. The guy can play, all right? You, he's eccentric. He dresses weird. Who gives a shit? I mean, it, people will find any excuse not to like anyone. That's not what I'm talking about. Fans can have whatever excuse or they, they want to help to, to hate or like somebody. Who cares? Put right on your sign, sit in the stands. He can't hear you anyway. But when he throws a football camp over the weekend and you sign up for this camp as a kid and you pay for it and you think you're the shit and you walk onto the field with Cam Newton and he's trying to teach you something and your smug fucking young ass actually has the audacity to question Cam Newton on that field to the point where you're on film doing it. I don't, care. I don't care if this kid is the number one player in the country, a five-star. I wouldn't recruit him with a 15-foot pole. No way. Take your smug fucking ass to JUCO and learn what it's like to actually earn it. This is my thing with the youth, man. If it didn't happen on social media, it didn't happen. They have no culture. They don't know anything about music. They don't know shit about the history of the game. They say they want to play. Guys walk in like, oh, I want to play pass rusher and go to go to Ohio State. And I'm like, cool, man. Uh, okay, who's uh, who's Big Daddy Dan Wilkinson? Oh, who, oh, no. And I'm like, you don't know shit about Ohio State. You don't know anything. Get, get, Google it before you walk in my office and spot, spout, spout off about what you want. Look, everybody can have big goals. That's nice. Understanding the history of the game you're trying to play, that's even better because that's what guys respect. Because I know it. Alan Fanica knows it. Cam Newton knows it. We didn't grow up in the goddamn social media generation where everything's in your face. And it's the information age, right? So you would think that anybody with a cell phone could try and figure out just about anything. But the youth doesn't use their cell phones for knowledge or putting themselves out there. I have to force guys to post. I have to, like, rag on guys. They're like, oh, I want to play at West Virginia or CU or some shit. And I'm like, cool, you should post. And they're like, oh, no. And then they post shit about, like, happy birthday to some fucking dude at their school that they don't even know. Just to get, what, the, the, the 700 followers you have that all go to school with you? Whoa, whoop fucking do 
The fact that you don't use your calendar is ridiculous. The fact that you only use Instagram and Twitter to look at ass and titties and post song lyrics and shit is ridiculous. Use it to help yourself. It's a medium. When a guy like Cam Newton at his football camp is trying to tell you something and your dumbass is spouting off telling him he sucks, who the fuck are you, 17-year-old punk? And, and if you're 18 years old, look, there's this thing that's called being an adult. And when you turn 18 years old, guess what you are? An adult. And if you spout off to the wrong adult, you're going to get your teeth knocked out. You're not going to get reprimanded. There's no fucking pres- there's no principal on the field. This is kind of my point with every kid that walks in my facility. I wasn't shit. I played for six years. I got cut 14 times. I was on IR twice. I had to move positions. But I'm a grunt, and I can take anything, and I'm never going to quit. And I earned my NFL pension, and it means something to me. The history of the game means something to me. Being able to talk to Alan Fanica on my show and talk about Kevin Gogan, and there's offensive linemen in my room that think they're nasty and don't know who that is. It's insulting because you don't have to go to the fucking library and get a football, you know, encyclopedia to look this up. Just type in football history or watch the NFL network. Or if you really give a shit about the game, understand what you're talking about. Don't disrespect a Heisman winner and the first overall pick in the draft and an NFL MVP that arguably could have won a Super Bowl if he didn't run into the best defense I've seen in a long time. So... This is all I'm saying, man. If this offends you as a parent or a kid, good. You're fucking soft. You can't handle anybody in your face. You need to talk shit to Cam Newton. You need to talk shit like you don't need to work. I hear it all the time. Matt's mean. I can't go into 6-0. You're fucking right. We're mean. I'm as mean as they get, dog. Because when guys walk into my office and they say, hi, I'm Trey Zoon. I want to go to Texas A&M at 15 years old. And then we put him into Texas A&M four years later. That's the whole point. And he's down there kicking ass early and rolling. Or Aiden Akia Kayakana going to Mullen going to Mullen and then to Notre Dame. Or Reese going to Michigan. Or Connor Jones going to Michigan. Or I, the list goes on and on and on. It's not about how good you are. It's about how much shit you can eat and how much you can take and move forward every day. Listen to Fanica's interview. He walked into LSU. There's all these kids who think they're going to the NFL. And he's like, wow, high hopes. Hope it works out, dog. I'm just saying, humble yourself, shut up, learn something, push yourself. You're not as good as you think you are. You're also not as bad as you think you are. Use, if, if you need fuel, here's the fuel, work every day. The process is the prize and it's not a fucking cliche. It's the truth. Every day you put in work, you get a little bit better and then you wake up and you're where you want to be. And not necessarily where you want to be. You're ready for the opportunity when it knocks. It's one of the biggest regrets of my life. I didn't feel like I was ready a couple of times. And I regret it. And it's one of the reasons I'm so hard on myself and the people I work with. It's one of the reasons I won't let you in. I'm not trying to sell you a fucking training package. If you want to get sold some shit, go run at a speed camp. Go do a weekend t-shirt camp for $250. Post on fucking Instagram. Look what I did today. No one cares. We work Monday through Saturday, take Sunday off. Sunday's game day. If you're working Saturday and Sunday, you're a hobby. You're a hobby coach. You're a hobby player. And all you want to do is front on social media. And that young generation that's fronting, look, bro, there's a lot of guys who need football. I talk about this all the time. I'm one of them. I need it. I need it every day. 
and I still have the same mentality and it's what it's what's made me successful, but it's also what has put me in a hole at the same time. You've got to be honest with yourself as a young dude. Are you really doing everything humanly possible or are you just doing enough to fucking post? Because the coaches are recruiting you. That doesn't mean when you get there, you get to stay. It means you get to go. You know how many guys I knew were walk-ons in my class? Not a fucking one of them. No one knew. Because they don't tell you. No one gives a shit. Can you play or can't you? You know how many guys were four or five-star recruits? I can name two of them. Craig Oaks, Marcus Houston. Craig Oaks was the number one player in Colorado. Five-star recruit quarterback. Had like 30 offers. Played at Fairview. Marquise Houston, the bitch, played at Thomas Jefferson was the number one recruit in the fucking country and got to see you, had two good games, couldn't spat his shoes, cried and whined behind Purify, Chris Brown, and Cortland Johnson, didn't put in work during a season where we won a, a goddamn div or division and conference title, came back the next year, fought with Eric Bianami about shoe spatting, not being able to spat his shoes so he wouldn't play, and his parents came up and had like multiple meetings. And then what did he do? He transferred to CSU and talked shit, and we shut his punk ass down twice. So look, man, I don't give a shit how many stars you have next to your name. I don't care how good you think you are. If you haven't done anything to earn the right to talk, shut up and listen. That's it. It's okay. There's nothing better than me having to eat crow on Garrett Bowles. You want to know why? Because now he's a $70 million left tackle, and he's going to play here for 10 years, which is the whole goddamn point. If I have to eat crow, then good. Good. Learn how to say I'm wrong and shut the fuck up and accept something you didn't know. And if you can't do that, eventually you're going to run into a coach like Chris Wilson up, up in Boulder, who's now the defensive coordinator. Have fun trying to argue with him in the meeting room. This is my thing, bro. All you kids ever see is people trying to sell you shit. We ain't trying to sell you anything. I tell damn near everybody I work with the first time I meet with them, don't sign up for this shit. You don't want to do this for real. Don't waste your parents' money and time. If you're not investing, don't come. So, it's very simple. The rant ends like this. Youth, you have a ton of potential. The potential to be great or the potential to be smug and finger point. And that seems like that's what everybody wants to do these days is point at someone else and say, hey, it was him. He's the reason why I couldn't do it. You know how weak that is, man? Point the thumb. It's my fault. I will take responsibility for it and move forward. And don't be ashamed of your struggle. Don't be ashamed of the process. Don't be ashamed if you suck. Don't be ashamed if you lose. Be ashamed if you fucking quit or talk shit to guys who are bona fide pros, first-round draft picks, NFL MVPs. How dare you? How fucking dare you? This is episode 104, McChesney Unchained. That's about as real as it gets, folks, and that's the whole damn point. Remember, this is an explicit show, so if I pissed you off, good. I was directly talking to you. At Six Zero Academy on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you to Adams, thank you to Allie, and thank you to everybody down at DNVR for rocking the house. 105 rolls next week or the week after. You never know. It's the offseason. Get off of me. Thanks, folks. Have a good day.